You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. We continue to get into this vehicle and span multiple universes in Sixers history and Sixers lore. I don't know why we do it, because sometimes it's just heartbreaking and depressing. But you know what? It's the summertime and the Sixers aren't really doing much else right now. Currently, Mm. it's uh, not even training camp yet. That doesn't start for another month, at least. So we're doing this. And as always... I am joined by the gentleman that rides in the passenger seat of this podcast, DeLorean, quote unquote, Mr. Dave Early. What's up, man? What's going on? Now, Dave, I understand and I realize that you have kind of a you have kind of a you don't have the spot necessary for. Let's just call it like past Sixers lore like you're only mm. good you're, you're only good starting at like 2013 that, that was my birth of the yeah <laughs> of knowledge for that team for the team I mean obviously I I lived the, the finals the step over and all that uh, I'm, I'm more familiar with the Iguodala years but I don't consider myself knowledgeable the way you guys would be having grown up in Philly and rooted for the team your whole lives right See, that's okay. And this is why I always have your back. And which is also why when we debut our podcast in the in the in October when the season actually gets started, uh, I'll I'll be able to have your back a little bit more when that when those topics kind of come up. Some blind spots that I need. Some blind spots that you need filling. Yes. (laughs) In in the spirit of that, we are taking the trip back to 1996. And to do that. He's in the he's in the back seat. Yes, I realize that a DeLorean is only a two-seater vehicle, but you know what? Screw it. We are making room for this gentleman. This is John Brown. He is the co-host of the Jonesy and Brown podcast, which you can listen to via YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast. We'll put all the links to the descriptors down there. John is a lifelong Sixers fan and someone I've podcasted with before and always loves having me on. So you know what? I figured it would be great. To extend the invitation, like I've been extended so many times, John Brown, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm good. You guys have a very interesting way of saying that I'm old and young. <laughs> that's, that's 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 pretty much how you you broke it down. Yes, that's not. I, I, I'm I'm old enough to remember all of the bad years. That's not Sixers what we're have provided a lot of bad years. No, that's not what we're saying. Not I'm what enough, we're saying I'm old enough all. to remember I, too, but I was focused on the Nixon at this time. Uh, well, well, that that's good. You know, <laughs> that's, that, that, that's, well, if we're going back as far as we're supposed to be going back, 
for this podcast. For that this is a good podcast. Yeah. Because, you know, 95, 96, you're still talking. There's still a, a, a reason to believe maybe at some point the Knicks could beat the Jordan Bulls. They never did. Dave, if, Dave was wearing his Ewing jersey at the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, I, I like knees. those. Yeah, I, I, I like those, 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 those '90s Knicks teams. The beat but, the hell out of everybody, Knicks. Yeah, team. yeah, yeah. But well, here's here's, here's my because I and now you're going to my youth. All right, and and, and you can be you can be at, at that point. You know, I'm still young enough at that point to have two teams. I truly believe that by the time you're 18 years old, by the time you leave your parents' house, 18 years old, you leave your parents' house, you right. must make a decision on what team, what is your team. But, you know, when you're a teenager, you know, when you're a teenager and your team is bad, you could say, hey, I like the Sixers and the Knicks. Listen, right. I have I have I have never had any problem with any kind of sports polyamory. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine. <laughs> like who you like. OK, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, like nah, there, well, no, 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 no. I, I get that, but there's no reason for any grown man older than 18, 19 years old to have two teams. By the time you're grown, by the time you're drinking, by the time whether and I'm not talking legal drinking, by the time you're drinking, <laughs> by the you know, however, whatever time you choose to have that grown up beverage, when it's time to be grown, pick a team. Uh, John, we're we're gonna have to have a conversation slash just, podcast agree, about just, that yeah. later on that, at oh, a later date. So, first of all, anything I could do to to guarantee I'll be back when the Liberty Ball is <laughs> podcast, I'm willing to do. I, I'm I'm good with that. He's already bookmarking future topics. To get Jesus back. Christ! When it comes to basketball, I'm all about the Sixers. But when it comes to you know baseball, mm-hmm. uh, Phillies and Padres, Phillies uh, and Padres, you're a grown ass man. Pick a team. I've lived in San Diego for 10 years. Give me a break. I lived in Baltimore for 10 years. Phillies is my team. I like the I, I like the Orioles. Fine. We're, we're getting off topic. Okay, Jesus. no problem. See, I'm All just right. myself. I will be back. <laughs> so now, now we've arrived in 1996 after we had oh, that little boy. talk in the car. Um, <laughs> so this is the 96 draft. This is it the stinks Iverson. out here. This is yeah. The, I, yeah. <laughs> It it's it smells of like stale pretzels and like Wawa not being that great. Yeah, it, first of all, it, it, it reeks of uh, it, it reeks of stale pretzels and despair. <laughs> that's that's what it is. If you're talking like you you have to set the scene, especially for maybe younger listeners who don't necessarily remember that time they don't know they just don't they, know they, they don't know because i feel like there are a lot of Sixers fans today who consider the process years the early process years as rock bottom uh and, y'all y'all have no idea <laughs> yeah yeah and and i will tell those people and and i tell people who believe that people who who remember who remember the 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 Early process years, the the Nerlens Noels, the Tony Roten, you know Tim. Uh, wa- watch it, watch it now. No, I no, will no, not I, have I, any Tony Roten slander no, on this no, podcast. No, 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 uh, no, not 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 in the least. I'm not trying to diss Tony Roten. I'm just saying that that was you know that was our guy back then. But but nonetheless, the post Barkley 
pre-Iverson years of oh the Sixers God. were 10 times worse. Like, I will take that 10-73 and 73 Sixers team over any team that the Sixers trotted out in between the year, in between 92 and 96. The Those were years. the worst. Now, the Dana Barros years, the Vernon Maxwell years, the Sharon Wright years, the Sean Bradley years, whoever you want to attach now, to that that's, era. That's, that, that's saying a lot because that's, there was there, there were some bright spots, right? Rookie, mm. rookie Stackhouse was good. Rookie, yes, yes. And, and I think, and that will lend itself to rookie Stackhouse was good, and that will lend itself to the conversation that we're about to have. I'm always hesitant when I talk about Clarence Weatherspoon because I feel like he was kind of misrepresented as mm-hmm. a franchise guy. Like they tried yes. to push him a little too hard, and yes. he just wasn't that guy. Yes. yes, he he he. Clarence Weatherspoon was a a poor man's Charles Barkley. After we got rid of the real Charles Barkley, right? Imagine it's like a, 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 imagine you getting you having a, a, a crisp pair of Jordans. You know, you wow. have a favorite pair, a, a crisp pair of Jordans that uh, you kept in great condition. You know, for for me, you know, how about a pair of Jordan fours? I, I have a pair of Jordan three fours. Jordan three, oh. I have a pair of Jordan. Fours that I've only worn like maybe four times, and I believe four one times. one of which was at our friend Jovan's wedding. I'm pretty sure. Cri- crispy, very crispy, yeah. Crispy. Still haven't you, you broken took, them bitches it, in. Exactly. <laughs> you see, you look good in them. You feel good when you put them on. And imagine your mom getting rid of them, Ugh. getting rid of them, and then saying, "Hey, it's all right. It, it's okay." Here's a pair of Jamies. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Let me get you. Let, let me get you these Harold Miners. Oh my God! Let, let me buy. Let me buy you a pair of these Harold Miners. These are just and and you know how it is. You know, like you you. I mean, you you grew up just like me. You know how it is. Yeah. Your mom don't necessarily understand fashion. Yeah, you can't be going to school with bobos, yeah, on, man. Yeah, I'm yeah sorry. yes. And and she's sitting there. And she doesn't understand why these Harold Miners that she's replacing your crispy Jordans with aren't just as good. Hey, these look just as nice as the Jordans, right. and they cost a hundred dollars less. Right, and just that 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 was the thing about Witherspoon. It's just like yes, he was that was Clarence Witherspoon. Exactly, he was somebody that could have been like. Had the Barkley trade not gone down literally the year before, yes. Dave, I feel like Witherspoon could have been okay in this town. But when you put that kind of onus on somebody like Clarence Witherspoon, who wasn't that guy, and just mm-hmm. like it just it doesn't end out. It just doesn't pan out well. When I when I look at this draft index, I'm looking. All right, you you got the ninth pick in '92, second pick in '93, Sean Bradley. You get the sixth pick in '94, Sharon Wright. We had a podcast about the 93 draft. 95, you get Stackhouse, Iverson, Keith Van Horn, and then Larry Hughes. That's that's like a lot of drafts and a lot of lottery picks for a lot of years in a row. You could call that its, its own process because doing things like that worked for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Right. You get Durant and then Russ and then Harden, and it makes you good. But the Sixers didn't hit on on players with this little stretch, really. And, and not only that, but like going into the 96 draft, like, I get it. Iverson was too perfect. He was mm-hmm. not only the consensus number one pick, but a consensus number one pick 
at a position of need and fit that uh, that made him too perfect and i get that but also the team i feel like at that time had little to no identity whatsoever no no when you say too perfect is the implication there let's talk about why people are dialing in is the implication they would have been better off with kobe um i think for me the implication would be like i don't know so iverson the first couple years if i recall like he's a score first point guard which Mm -hmm. fine i get it like that's the way the times were moving in that direction cool whatever uh also undersized he didn't really shoot the three as well as some guys that came after him like steve nash for example just to throw a name out there um but when you look at kobe he's the all-time leading scorer at the time the all-time leading scorer in southeastern pennsylvania Mm. coming off of a 39 point performance in the PIAA 4A state semifinal, put up 39 points, 20 in the fourth quarter in overtime versus Chester. Six games of 40-plus points as a senior at Lower Marion High School. Look at all that. And the I fact- know, but, but AI was doing this at Georgetown. You would have looked like you had three heads if you said they shouldn't take them. And well, here's, well, well let, let me ask you this, and, 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 uh, because I feel like you need a, a point of clarification for this type of for this debate. Go ahead. If you're if you're saying the Sixers should have gotten Kobe over AI, uh-huh. are you drafting Kobe first overall, or are you the Sixers and you're getting Kobe where the Lakers got where I well I should say where Charlotte got Charlotte him, got him and um, then traded him to the Lakers. So in, in my heart of hearts, and I can answer this honestly without hindsight being 2020, mm-hmm. um, I would have taken Kobe number one. Okay. At the time, without hindsight. At the time, I would have taken Kobe number one. And wow. here's well, why. I, okay. Here's here's why. Did all that in high school, sure. Allen Iverson was doing all that at Georgetown, higher level competition, this, that, and the third. Say what you want about that. But mm-hmm. Kobe was doing it in the Sixers backyard. They were able to scout. They should have been able to scout him a lot better and figure out, okay, here's where he's good. Here's where he needs some some work. Also, the whole, I and I understand this might be a lot of pressure, but the local kid creating an identity for the team. I feel like that's just, that's just PR gold right there. So would you have taken Jalen Brunson over Tatum? Just, just a joke. Go ahead. I mean, well, well, Jalen only played at Villanova. He's not from, <laughs> he's not from the greater Philadelphia area. In fact, I believe he's from the DMV, but I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, well, 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 well. Here's here's part of the. I think this is part of the problem. If if at this point you're this is 1996, you're drafting Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Vernon Maxwell, Greg Sutton, Trevor Ruffin, Scott Skiles. Elmer Bennett and Greg Grant. I have Those, a, I have a soft spot for Vernon Maxwell. I would have well, let that, okay, I would have yeah. let that I would have let that rock for a year. Uh, uh, you know, it, I, I think those are your, those are your point. Those are your 1995 76ers point guards. <laughs> I get it. I, I you know, get it, but wait. But when, when we get when we get to the break, and then we really mm-hmm. dive into this other universe, I will tell you why I'm going the way I am because I have okay. I have 
because Dave, Dave knows this when I do this on the podcast. I say one thing, but then I have a whole litany of futuristic stuff where it's just like, okay, okay what he's starting to say is really starting to make sense now. <laughs> well, 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 then my my question is, and, and I think honestly, you know, but I don't know if my hindsight's twenty twenty or not. It's a long time ago, and I've been drinking. But um, wow. <laughs> but uh, family podcast, John. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I well, you know what. Uh, never mind. But uh, the I guess the Sixers needed a point guard. You talk about need. You, you talk about needing an identity. You know, you're not necessarily. You're not. You're not necessarily done with those young players. You know, Clarence Weathers. Clarence Weatherspoon at one point in time was was playing at an All Star level. Wasn't necessarily an All Star because he was on a bad team, but he was still putting up close to eighteen and ten. Good stats so, on a bad team guy. Yeah. yeah, good stats on young guy, good stats on a bad team guy. You were still interested in seeing what he could do with a, a better team. You now have Sharon Wright. You have Derek Coleman, who at one point in time was an all-star. At one point in time, you thought could be one of the best power forwards in the league. You know, this team needed a distributor. At the time, Allen Iverson was a point guard. He's like, okay, we have a point guard who can also give you the highlight plays, the guy who can facilitate, throw up alley-oops, and, you know, you're salivating. Crossover Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, you're you're believing, okay, you know, this – this could be this could be something special. Now, yeah, you know, you're always going to have the X's and O's guys will tell you, oh, I knew it was never going to work. Oh, I, you know, I was, I, I, I knew it would fail. But at one point in time, you believed, you know, you you had more of a professional body of work with Allen Iverson, and at the time when Kobe came into the league. The idea of high school players coming in, high school players coming straight to the league was still new. And before COVID, it had, it had been big men. It was Kevin Garnett, and then you have to go as far back as Moses Malone. Wow. Yes, some, you know, somebody will tell you, yes, Sean Kemp, but Sean Kemp played in college, but never actually played in college. He was yeah. enrolled in college. <laughs> yeah. Sean Kemp played at college. <laughs> Sean Kemp went to college. Sean Kemp he went did. to college. Yeah. He yeah. may at, have transcripts. We don't know. Exactly. At some point in time, somebody saw Sean Kemp at the University of Kentucky. I don't know what he was doing. It wasn't playing basketball, but none, but nonetheless, the, it, the thought of a player going to the league was like, okay, it would be easier for a big man. And I think one of the biggest knocks on Kobe in 96 was no one knew what position he could play. Okay. Was he what? Cause you know, at, at high school, if you're big and you have any sort of handles, what they're a team is just going to say, Hey, take the ball and go win. Yeah, you know, people. People, you remember that? Do you remember that first season of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air when oh Will went God. out for the basketball team oh and the coaches? God. The coaches' uh, philosophy was give the ball to Will. <laughs> hey, what are we going to do? We're down two. What are we going to give the ball to Will? That's the find the find Will offense. Yes, yes. You know, it's like you saw Kobe do everything in high school. Because he could. And you're at this point in time, a, a guard coming into the league and doing everything was unheard of. So 
that all that all that being said, and Dave, I'll pose this question to you. Seeing that Kobe can do everything, right? He has the ball sure. skills, he has the shooting skills, he has the height, he's got the size. Doesn't it make even a little bit more sense that they say, hey, let's take a chance on this 19-year-old kid? No, there was no chance <laughs> that anyone was going to take Kobe first overall in that draft. All Not right. one team. All right. And if <laughs> I think if you were going to do it, you take Iverson and then try to trade up because, you know, you, you just drafted a bunch of lottery picks. That's something. <laughs> so you, you could have traded one of those guys. You took, you know, you could have traded Stackhouse to try to trade up. Stackhouse um, did have a decent rookie season. He did average. He, he averaged not. He averaged nineteen and sh- had a true shooting percentage of fifty-two and a half. So, and, like, and, and honestly, sure. that's attractive. Stackhouse would have been rookie of the year had he not beat up Jeff Hornacek towards the end of the season. Yeah, we don't talk about that here. We, well, we like we we like Jeff Hornacek here. No, we we don't we don't talk about that alleged confrontation. Like, I'm still Why? like I'm not I'm not sure it actually happened. I, I I hear it's a lot of hearsay in the Hornacek camp, oh, so oh, you know oh, what? Hey, well, look, man, just gonna let that a, a go. Deal, <laughs> a deal, as you're, a, I, a deal, I like you a lot, man. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I, I like you a lot. You my man, what? fifty grand. That absolutely happened, and it was great. <laughs> that absolutely happened. Okay. That, Jerry right. Stackhouse went to Utah and beat the brakes off Hornacek, <laughs> and it was absolutely glorious. I'm sorry it cost him the rookie of the year. That's you know I understand why that's a bad look, but he beat the bur- when you're that was like one of the best parts. Of, I mean oh, that that is an identity, I guess. That is a that that is such an identity. He beat the absolute brakes off Jeff Hornacek, and when your team is bad, and the Sixers were bad, they yeah. were still bad with, yeah. with, with 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 Jerry Stackhouse. But you knew it's like you had the number two pick in the draft. You knew what Jerry Stackhouse could do. You saw what he did in college. So you knew there, there was there was cause for optimism. At so North Carolina. There, yes, you saw you saw what he did at Carolina. You saw you, you saw that and you're like, okay, I understand this team is bad, but they could be good. And you see what Allen Iverson is doing, and you're like, okay. We're still bad, but we could be bad. Get Iverson. And then you see, all right, this is a team that has some fight. Because Jeff Hornacek, uh, because Jerry Stackhouse showed the Philly fight all over Jeff Hornacek's forehead. So, you know, it, so, but I, I, I say all this to say, I, I, say, I say all, all this to this. condone violence on the podcast. No, I don't condone violence. I, I'm not saying Jeff, Jerry Stackhouse go find Jeff Hornacek now and beat him up. No, you know, no. I, I would like to see that rematch on pay-per-view. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All nah. right. So, so, so but, Dave, but, but, so Dave would not, would not have taken Kobe number one, like maybe with a, like additional draft pick trade out, trade down situation. If they're not a hundred percent sure yeah. on Iverson. In a, re- in a redraft, I'm taking Kobe. And I think that's what we should talk about after the break. I think we should discuss. Mm-hmm. What would have happened if somehow Iverson was on the Lakers and Kobe was on the Sixers? What might have been different? And John, there's no chance you're taking Kobe one. I, I don't think I can. I, I, I don't think I could take Kobe one. Now, you know, of course, now, you know, now that we've seen both of their bodies of work. A redraft. After, yeah. Kobe's one. Yeah. Of course, of course, Kobe's one. But 96, I just don't think I think that's just too hard of a sell. I think maybe if you if you took Co- uh, if you took Kobe later on in the draft, like uh, you, you, if the Sixers had to, uh, had Charlotte's pick, package Stackhouse and Weatherspoon some way somehow. 
Yeah, I, I could I could see getting I could see getting Kobe, but I can't see drafting Kobe number one. All right, that's fair. So let's let's do this. Let's mm-hmm. take a quick commercial breather, mm-hmm. uh, satisfy some of these ad sponsors that we have for Vox Media that hosts all of our fine Liberty Ballers podcasts. We will be back after these words and we'll continue talking on the subject. What if the Sixers had drafted Kobe in 1996? Back in a second. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, we're back. It's the Outside Podcast Special Engagement Summer Series, the Sixers Multiverse Podcast. Today, we're talking about what if the Sixers had drafted Kobe Bryant, and we bring up this topic because this podcast is being released on August 24th, which is the unofficial Kobe Bryant day, by the way, if the gentleman didn't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Dave posed an interesting question before the break, and let's just talk about it now. Um, If the Sixers had Kobe and the Lakers somehow, some way, got Iverson, say they made some kind of trade and they brought Iverson to the the Lakers, Mm -hmm. Um, whose path is more different? Like who's, who's, which franchise, I guess, gets better? Which, which, which franchise has more success with the player they drafted? I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll jump in and say that I think that the Lakers, you know, it's really tough to when you're wiping championships off the board and all the ways it played out, I think Iverson was good enough. And I think he was good enough right away to have won them a couple of those rings, maybe all three. And maybe, maybe we could even make the case that he had the personality to get along better with Shaq and they stay together. I disagree. Okay. But there's also the, there was a lot of stuff that happened. Like, they almost lost to the Portland Trailblazers in 2000, their first ring. They, should have. They definitely should have lost to the 2002 Sacramento Kings. Thank you! And the <laughs> and the NBA just handed it to the Lakers. Would they have done the same for Iverson? I, I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he wasn't as 
polished with the media as they like, so they wouldn't have been as rewarding. So I do think the Lakers would be worse if they had Iverson. As much as I love Iverson, I just find it difficult to say they definitely would have won the same three rings and maybe more. You know, I just don't know what could have happened. Maybe the Lakers benefited from all that, all those 12-time defensive teams that he was making. Um, Not to mention having Shaq. That kind of helped. But Iverson would have won with Shaq, too, I believe. So, you know, they definitely could have ran through the league, those two. And and they might have done that even a fourth. They might have beaten the the Pistons one of these years. You never know. So it's tough to say. And I don't think the Sixers would have won the championship with Kobe because they never got him any help anyway. Oh, just wait until you see the team that I'm about to build for this for this uh, for this young core here. All right, well, tell me why I'm wrong because I got to bounce soon. <laughs> okay, so first of all, as prickly as the Kobe Shaq relationship was, I have a feeling that the Shaq Iverson relationship would have been way more prickly. To be perfectly mm. honest with you, I don't know if Shaq and Iverson get along. I think they get along even worse than Kobe and Shaq. I'm being really? completely okay. I'm, I'm being completely real. Iverson is that guy that's going to want the ball all the time. Granted, Kobe was kind of like that too, but at least Kobe kind of took a step back and said, all right, let me feed the big man a little bit every once in a while. I don't know if Iverson does that, especially if he has that kind of night where like he's coming out flat and he's like, screw it. I'm going to keep getting my shots up. But who in his prime did he play with? that makes you think that like he, if he had played with Shaq, he would have passed a lot more. It's hard to say because Iverson never really played with anybody in their prime. Like he had Stackhouse, yeah. he had Stackhouse when he was a uh, first year player, Larry Hughes as a rookie, mm-hmm. Matumbo on the later half of his prime. So yeah, I guess I can see that point where it's just like Iverson didn't really have anybody else to defer to with yeah. any confidence. McKee. Uh, again, no Aaron McKee slander on this podcast either. No, 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 I, I would never. I would never like. I wouldn't stand for Aaron McKee slander either. But I think honestly, <laughs> I, I I think both players kind of take a step back if you switch their situation, where it wouldn't be necessary. I think putting Iverson on the Lakers, putting Kobe on the Sixers, kind of evens the playing field. Really? Because I I think yes. Because you don't think I Iverson think- would have rings. I, I'm I'm not sure if I've, I'm not sure. Well, I would say this. I agree with your point that you you might not have the dynasty that the Lakers were with Kobe and Shaq, but I don't think that automatically means that the dynasty comes out east with the Sixers because you put Kobe on the team. No, because I'm not quite sure if I trust the Sixers brain trust to build around Kobe. I think because because. The players that they were, I think that adds personnel problems and personnel issues. Like I said, you put you put Kobe on this '96 uh, Sixers team. You 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 have two. Once again, you have two shooting guards. Now you realize, yeah, I'm Larry, that. <laughs> was, Larry Brown was the one who realized, hey, I have two shooting guards. Somebody has to move. But I think at one when you drafted Iverson, the team still believed that they had a point guard and a shooting guard in Stackhouse and Iverson. I think if you bring Kobe onto this 96 team, Stackhouse immediately has to go. There really? is no trust. There is no tr- Where do you put Kobe? Kobe started his career on the bench behind Eddie Jones. Yeah. Okay. So here's the, here's the problem. You still had Eddie Jones, who was a lottery pick, who was a, who was a budding star. 
you don't have, you know, who are you sitting, you know, who are you, who are you starting over Kobe? You, you bringing, especially if you drafted number one, you don't draft the number one. You said you drafted him number one. You don't draft the number one pick to sit the bench. Okay. I'll, uh, all right. I'll, I'll concede that as well. That's, all that's right, I'm going to awesome. let you guys go. All right. All right. So Dave, Dave is going to get back to uh, reality a little early. And I then, hear you, Dave. Uh, Yo, it was fun hanging out with you, though, brother. Yeah, you too. We got to get you back on. Yes, thousand oh, percent. Say, say, say less. Hang, I need to hang with the Liberty Ballers. That's what I'm, I've been trying to do this for a minute. Say less. He'll be on the podcast with us later on in the year. All right. I'm going um, to that. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> this is what I get when I open my big fat mouth. Exactly. All right. So, so John, yes. I'm going So, so let, let me, the, the senior black correspondent of Liberty Ballers. Let me put my general manager hat on for a second. Okay. It's a okay. nice, crispy Sixers hat. Nice. I don't. I don't wear it too often. It's. I only break it out for the specialist of occasions. Is it Mitchell and Ness or is it New Era? Mitchell and Ness. Stop it. Uh, Come on yes, now. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So Sixers have a hole at point guard. Granted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kobe or Stackhouse has to go to the bench like that first year. More, most likely. Which is fine. I'll see what I get. I'll see what I have with Stackhouse and Kobe in like some minutes, like playing together, like play all three of them, like have Kobe run some point with Stack at the two and Spoon at the three. But then eventually I'm going to look at the 97 draft and I'm going to be like, all right, maybe it's time to get like a point, a legit point guard now. Mm. Um, that's when general manager Deal Royster drafts Chauncey in round one, Chauncey Billups. That's what, uh, what year is that? That's, uh, that's the 97 draft. 97 draft. You draft Chauncey Billups. I'm drafting Chauncey in round one. And at that point, I'm like, okay, this spoon thing is not working out the way I thought it would. Okay. So I will move spoon for as much as I can get. I won't get Barkley money back, but that's okay because I will roll into the 97 season with Billups, Stackhouse, and Kobe. And that is a hell of a young backcourt nucleus that I can build around. Okay, I can see. All right, see, I can see you, that. See, see, you, right. now, now you know why I was like, all right. Oh, okay. Let me let this Vernon Maxwell right. thing rock for a year. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I want. I don't know if I want Vernon Maxwell around my uh, my young nucleus another <laughs> year. But you know, uh, but all right. You go to ninety seven. Billups is on the board when the Sixers draft Keith Van Horn. So you're saying they don't trade Keith Van Horn for Tim Thomas. I'm saying I'm saying the Sixers probably have a good enough record where they're not drafting number two. They're probably drafting four or five. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think Kobe, if he really starts to come on, like I feel like they move Witherspoon to the bench, mm-hmm. and then you get Maxwell, Kobe, and Stack as the three backcourt, the three backcourt slash wingmates. And then you're just like, all right, so we got Witherspoon. Let's see what we can do. Let's move him. Let's see what we can get for him. Okay. Where, or, or, well, here's the thing. You, you draft Kobe 13th. You draft, yeah. uh, well, in, in, this, saying, in this scenario, I'm drafting him one. Like, that's, I told you, that's what's happening. I, <laughs> I just, I, I just can't see when, when the Sixers, who have been bad for as long as they were bad, and you have the number one pick in the draft. <laughs> You're drafting a high school kid. Listen, sometimes you got to shoot for the moon, man. Sometimes you got to. 
Sometimes you just gotta sometimes you gotta shoot your shot. Sometimes like, this is this is literally if I'm the general manager, this is literally a move that can get me fired. And I realize this, but I'm taking a chance on this kid. First of all, you realize. <laughs> Jesus that Christ. The six the Sixers in '96 drafted Allen Iverson, and that still got the coach and general manager fired. True. <laughs> so you could they could have gotten it. First of all, Kobe Bryant could have Kobe Bryant would have been the absolute right pick to take at number one. It would have been. For all the reasons that I for outlined. All, for all the reasons that you outlined, Kobe Bryant, for what we know now, Kobe Bryant would have been the perfect pick. Local to go kid. number one. Yes. Local, local kid, you know, here with a uh, tremendous work ethic. Upside you know, out upside, the wazoo. Here, you know, what you know, I you know, we're now in in, in we're we're now in the TikTok era. Where yeah. you know people, where people watch the little clips, and people don't, you know, people watch the little clips. It's one, you know, there are people who watch podcasts and people watch TikTok highlights, TikTok highlights of podcasts. So I always see the 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 Allen Iverson quote about Kobe Bryant talking about when I was in the club, he was in the gym. That's you know that's who Kobe Bryant. Is. You you have a guy with a work ethic and a desire and a desire to be Michael Jordan. And also this, I don't know if anybody, I don't know if everybody really knows this, but in 2015, Kobe actually said this in the Washington Post about not being taken number one. Quote, I was upset the Sixers didn't take me number one. Mm -hmm. I was in their backyard. They viewed Allen as being a better player and that fueled me. Mm-hmm. Like that was so Kobe. Kobe so straight and, up, no, and, 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 and I get that. Kobe straight up had I took a personal, I took it personally moment before Jordan came out and said there, I took that personally. There, there are people in the know who know. There are people in the know as far as basketball in this town who knows that when Kobe Bryant was a senior in high school, he used to go to he used to go to PCOM and play Jerry Stackhouse one on one, and I've heard on more than one occasion. For more than one people, that Kobe used to bust used to bust Stackhouse's ass in one on one. Kobe was giving Stackhouse that work. I heard, Kobe, I have heard yes, about that. Yes, Kobe used to give Stackhouse that work as a high school, you know, as a high school, right? <laughs> as a high schooler. Now, I'm not quite sure what that te- what that tells you about the guy you just drafted number two overall. That this high school kid is just coming, you know, this high school kid is just coming and uh, is just and just running shop and just running, you know killing him but but still but nonetheless you know I, I i just think that it's the cell of all cells to draft this kid number one and put him on the bench I you mean, have it it's you not have like a, we haven't seen that before though not with a player of that stat you know like like who have you seen that before with I, I'm sure that if I really did the research, I could definitely come up with like a name or two. But I, I refuse to believe I, that like there's not one player drafted number one that did not start. I'm I'm sure there's at least one other. Has to be. In the in the years in all of the decades of the NBA. No, because if like, I don't think I don't I don't think Joe I don't think Joe Smith was dra- was uh starting when the Warriors yes, drafted him number yes. one. Joe Smith was absolutely he he was gonna be the cornerstone of moving past run TMC. Okay. <laughs> you don't dra- when you're a team when you draft first, you are trash. That you know, that's the that's usually 
the consensus. There's a reason why you draft number one. All right. You draft a player number one, that guy's got to start now. And I think as bad as the Sixers were in the post Iver- in the post Barkley pre Iverson days, you needed a guy. You needed somebody who could come in and at least win Rookie of the Year. John John's out here saying that Purvis Ellison started for the Sacramento Kings. When Purvis he was Ab- per- I, well, I can't re- I, I can't remember when Purvis Ellison got hurt. Purvis Ellison was Purvis Ellison. Well, that's Purvis Ellison's career was sidelined by injury. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he started though. Purvis Ellison didn't come off the bench. All right, I, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep looking, but I refuse you can keep to looking. You don't draft I, anybody. You I refuse to believe them. that Purvis Ellison was out here starting game one. But okay. Yes. <laughs> All right, so yes. let's let's re let's reconstitute the Sixer squad with Kobe okay. and Chauncey Billups and Stackhouse. Okay. Uh, the '98 draft. Uh, I think that the Sixers with that nucleus, I think they win. 35 games so i don't know how close to the top they're picking well my 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 question is this go ahead at this point in time you now know that kobe is the truth you get into you get into the 90s you get in the 97 now you're talking larry brown yeah larry brown still trade jerry stackhouse for d he traded jerry stackhouse for defense he traded him for theo ratliff and eric montross i believe for yeah i believe that was the trade first of all i don't think larry brown is the coach Really? How about that? They keep Johnny Davis? I don't think I'm not saying they keep Johnny Davis, but when you have when you have offensive firepower like Chauncey Billups, Jerry Stackhouse, and Kobe Bryant, I don't think you hamstring them with a defensive minded coach. I think whatever whatever the whatever the late nineties equivalent of Mike D'Antoni was, I feel like that's the guy you go after. I think that makes sense. But I think in a year when you've now had the number one pick, you had the number two pick, followed by the number one pick, and now you have the number three pick. We're talking about the '98 draft, you think? We're talking about we're, we're, what I'm, but what I'm saying, the I'm Larry saying Hughes is, draft, the Larry Hughes draft. Well, look, there are plenty of mis- who did, uh, the Larry Hughes draft wasn't that? Uh, I think the Sixers are in that same. Uh, territory when it comes to like where they draft like eight nine ten whatever uh sounds like sounds like the perfect time for general manager Dio Royster to take another swing and draft this German guy that I hear so much about well yeah well first of all had they kept Allen Iverson and then just got the German guy they might have been a whole lot better Oh my God can you imagine Novitsky and Iverson on this on the same team together See, with Kobe I, 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 Jesus, I feel like that's too unfair. I think, well, first of all, uh, you know, when we talk about Iverson's faults, and and we'll get back to, and we'll and, and as as you know, as we work back our way back to Kobe, I think part of I, Iverson's faults was he didn't trust his teammates to make shots. Dirk True. can make Dirk could make shots. It's like, hey, he needs to pass the ball. He needs to get his players involved. Who is he going to get involved? I mean, he has he had Stackhouse. Ooh. Stackhouse couldn't hit a three. Stackhouse couldn't play with couldn't play with Michael Jordan. Stackhouse couldn't play with uh, Grant Hill. All right, that's fair. <laughs> you know, George Lynch, <laughs> Tyrone Hill. Yeah, Tyrone Hill. 
Don't even get me started. At, at, at some point, well, here's here's the thing, because you always hear in basketball, I think one of the most overused terms in basketball is he needs to make his better, he needs to make his teammates better. At some point, you need to stop telling someone to make your teammates better and get that man better teammates. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. What happens if the rest of his teammates suck? Like, yeah, I, what are yeah. you gonna do? At, at some, you know, I, I used to, always, I, I that used to like no, it's like no. LeBron needs to get guys like Daniel Gibson involved. No, he doesn't. Stop that. Exactly. <laughs> I, I feel like it, that was one of the most disappointing things about early Charles Barkley as an analyst. Because I used to feel like he would always criticize Allen Iverson and say, at some point in time, he needs to make teammates better. And I used to think, I'm like, I grew up in the Barkley era. And yeah. I'm like, who'd you make better? Exactly. Thank who'd, you. It's like, you never made Ar- Armand Gilliam better. Wow. You the first ever Armand Gilliam reference on a Liberty Ballers podcast. Jesus. He didn't make, he didn't make Kenny Payne better. You didn't, you know, it was like, you, you didn't make. Scott, well, I, don't, I can't even remember Scott Williams. No one Barkley. made Scott Williams better. Like exactly. Jordan, who did you make? He's like who? Who did Charles Barkley make better? You know, they the Sixers got better when they got Barkley better teammates. Exactly. You know, and and that's that's what happens. You know, you look at some of the misses of the Iverson era. You know, drafting Larry Hughes instead of instead of uh Nowitzki. Or Paul Pierce. Or Paul Pierce. You Hell, give, I, I would have settled for Bonzi Wells at that point. <laughs> you give I you give Iverson uh you give Iverson a front court player who can stretch the defense and hit jumpers. When he collapses, he will pass the ball. It's it's funny that we keep bringing up Nowitzki because Nowitzki is definitely who I would have drafted in '98, and I would have added another front court mate. I would have added Vladi Divas in free agency. There you go. So now you got Vladi. So now, so now I'm rolling into 98, the 98-99 season. I'm rolling in here with Billups, Kobe, Stackhouse, Dirk Nowitzki, and Vladi Divas. Might, so not be, saying, might not be a championship starting five, but damn it, I'm making the playoffs. There you go. Uh, all right. I'm not. I, I Who's you. mad at that? I'm not necessarily mad at that. I just don't think if you – I don't think – whether you drafted Iverson or Kobe, I think there's I don't think there's any way you keep Jerry Stackhouse. See, I disagree. Like I think you have to have like that's you every Batman needs a Robin in this league now. Even, no, even, back, then, even back then it was true. Like Jordan yeah. needed Pippen. Yes. Ewing, Ewing needed Alan Houston. Uh Elijah Wan even needed uh Sam Cassell, Mario Ellie, and Robert mm-hmm. Ory. He needed all those guys. So I, I don't think you trade Stackhouse away. I think if Witherspoon is still, uh, if he's a tradable asset, I see, I find out what you can get for him, but I'm not moving Stackhouse. No effing way. I move Stackhouse to the three. I move him to the, to the, to I, don't the think wing. He was, I don't think he was big enough to play the three. I think real threes body Stackhouse all the time. I, I don't think Stackhouse was big enough to play an NBA three. Uh, Threes in the late nineties or threes yeah. now? Threes ever? I don't think Jerry Stackhouse could have played an NBA three. I think you you play Jerry, and I don't believe Kobe was. Stackhouse is Kobe, not playing the three. Kobe's, is not, Kobe's Kobe, not playing the three. Okay, fair enough. I and like, you don't, and the, you're not, and you're not going to trust your offense 
to run through Kobe coming straight out of high school? Not at first, no. But after that first year, a thousand percent. Because I have a distributing point guard in Chauncey Billups who can also shoot the three a little bit. And then I have Stackhouse who can get his own shot whenever he needs to and whenever I need him to get me a shot. Like that's something I can that's something I can live with. That's something I can build on. And then bringing in Nowitzki and Vladi Divac and then forming probably like a generational transitional front court in terms of like shooting ability and passing ability from the front court. Like that makes this, this Sixer squad incredibly dangerous. Like if you're, if you're the, if you're the bulls, let's say going into that, was it 98, 99 playoffs? I'm trying to pull up the record and just make sure that I have the right um, bracket here. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the Sixers with that roster, I think they're a problem. Mm-hmm. Because you don't you don't see you don't see teams built like this a whole lot, like especially back then at that time. Like the 99 playoffs, if you're the Miami Heat and you have the one seed, like if you see the Sixers at an eight seed with that roster construction, or if you're the Pacers in the two seed, mm-hmm. I don't feel like that series is a slam dunk. I I just I just don't. Like the Sixers played the Orlando Magic in 99 in that playoff series. Yes. And they had they had Iverson, but you know what? The Magic had Penny and Horace Grant and Nick Anderson and Matt Harpring and all those guys. And it's just like that was a that was a four-game series. That, that... That was a four-game series, but I feel like at that point you had you had a beat-up. Penny was a shell of his former self. He was still injury riddled. He was, and, and they're real. And I, this is the you know this is the post Shaq magic. Whereas after without Shaq, you know, and with Penny being a shade of you know just a shell of what he what he once was. That's just not a good team. You know, the Sixers did exactly what they were supposed to be with that team. They were, and they, they were young. That was a young team, you know. So let's, so let's, 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 let's flip this with the roster I've constructed, right? They easily get by Orlando in the, in the first round. Pretty sure with that roster, I'm pretty sure it's the same kind of thing. Sixers Mm -hmm. and four. Okay. The next series is Indiana. I'm not a thousand percent Indiana wins that series. Like Indiana swept the Sixers in the '99 playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not a sweep. I'll tell you that right now. Okay, I believe that. And then you're talking about the conference finals in '99, and that's you're looking at. I mean, it was Pacers Knicks, and the Knicks only made the conference finals because they somehow upset the Miami Heat, mainly because they were just beating the hell out of the Miami Heat the oh. whole time. It wasn't mainly because they were beat. Remember, there was a what changed that series was there was a huge fight. Yeah, and all of, and there and there was a there the was a Charlie huge, Ward suplex, I believe yes, it was, which got pretty much all the good Heat players suspended. So the Knicks were able to come back. So I think yeah. So so now you're looking think, at so, so now you're looking at Heat Sixers in the conference finals because I think I think that. Indiana Sixers series with the new roster construction, I think that at least goes six. It might okay. even go seven. Okay. So you're looking at that Miami squad. 
So when we just 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 to recap, all right, you all got right. your you, this Sixers team is now Chauncey Billups at the point, Stackhouse at the two. Yeah. No, no, oh, Kobe at the Kobe two. Kobe at Stack the two. Three. Three. Who's your power forward? Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki. Rookie Dirk Nowitzki. Rookie, rookie Dirk. That's fine. Okay. Rookie Dirk. And who's your center? Vladi. Vladi. Okay. I, and this run, it'd be an unexpected run. I'm pretty sure the Sixers would be underdogs in every series, mm-hmm. but I think they can still pull both of those out. They'll okay. proud. Assuming the Knicks don't like uh, go ham and turn this into a Royal Rumble, I'm pretty sure the Heat win that series. So you're looking at a six Sixers Heat 99 Eastern Conference Finals. Sure, the Sixers probably go down in five or six games, but now you're looking at the league and they're just like, okay, Sixers mm. are starting to build a little something here. Maybe we can get some nice free agents in this town. I, I, I can see it. I, I, I can I'm see it. I, I I'm, like... I'm not saying the Sixers somehow get Shaq in 2000. I'm not saying that because <laughs> I, I, don't think, I don't think the ownership group at the time would pony up the dough for Shaquille O'Neal. But I don't know. It's not, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that they like, make some swings and get better, uh, in the front, get better and more uh, offensively minded at the, at the center position. I would say their best bet would have been, and I know you want to keep him, but I think if you're looking down the line at the way the NBA is, you're still trading Jerry Stackhouse. Okay. You're still trading Jerry Stackhouse so you can acquire a player like Theo Rattles. Hmm. Because I think when you're looking ahead at, when you're looking ahead, you don't know at this point. You don't know that Alonzo Mourning's health is going is soon going to fail him. So you're still looking down the line, knowing that you have to deal with Alonzo Mourning, and if you get out of the East, you still have to deal with Shaq. You still have to deal with a still good enough, a still good enough uh, David Robinson and Tim Duncan. Yeah. You know, you're, you're still, you know, that's still there. You still need, and when you look at 2001 and the move to acquire uh, Dikembe Mutombo and why they moved to Dikembe Mutombo, and a lot of people will say it's because Larry Brown knew that Theo Ratliff was hurt and you needed a, you needed a body to match up with Shaq. You needed somebody. So I think if you're building a team, you know, you're looking down the line. It's like, you know, what's coming. You see what's ahead of you. Uh, I think, honestly, if you have a point guard like Billups and a two guard like a two guard like uh, Kobe, Kobe, I think at some point in time you got to And you got and you have a power forward like Dirk. At some point in time, you got to trade offense for defense. It's a shame that like Portland was doing well, way too good at that time frame. Because I would say, you know what? Let's flip him and see if we can get Rasheed Wallace. Mm. I would see now you got two Philly guys on the team. Two Philly guys, one of whom went to Simon Gratz. <laughs> yep. yep, you got two. You got. Mm. 
first of all, there, you know, I know a lot of people who will say the key would have been instead of drafting Jerry Stackhouse to try and get Rasheed Wallace to begin with. I would agree with that. And that maybe a better pairing would have been Iverson and Wallace. Especially, I, I, I think especially, the, I think given their uh, given their personalities and their attitudes, like I feel like they would pair incredibly well. And now, oh, well, there you go. And, and here you go. Here's your example of a, of, of a player drafted uh, drafted near the top who came off the bench. Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed Wallace sure was. Sure, Rasheed Wallace because Rasheed Wallace drafted by the Washington Bullets, who. They're Austin forever had, the bullets. They're forever the bullets. I will never call. Bullets. I will never call them the Washington Wizards ever. They had. They had Jawan Howard and Chris Webber. Good lord. They had Jawan Howard and Chris Webber, and still had George Murison. and still drafted Rasheed Wallace. And still drafted Rasheed Wallace. The hell was Ernie Grunfeld doing? Was he the general I, manager I, then? I, I, right. I, I, I can't remember it. <laughs> I, I can't even remember. You know. Michigan fans were going wild. They were just like, why couldn't we get Jalen Rose too? Oh, God. All right. So to to summarize, I'm getting the sense that the Kobe to Philly thing probably would not have worked out unless someone like me was the general manager who could, you know, get Billups in 97 and Dirk in 98 and maybe do some free agency swings, get creative with the trade machine. What they needed was the Sam Hinkie of the time. That definitely would have been me if I had a time-traveling machine. If I had a DeLorean, if I had a TARDIS, I would go back and do all those things. Exactly. You know, in, in, in the multiverse, if you could figure it out, if you if you could Tony Stark's this thing and bring, bring us all back in time, you know, it, you could have changed You could have changed a lot of things. Well, I, I would, Let me I tell would, you. I would never be Tony Stark. I'm not. I'm not that much of an egotistical but, maniac. But I get what you. I get your point. <laughs> but 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 nonetheless, you could have helped. You could have helped my college life be so much better. <laughs> Christ. Because, quite frankly, like almost throughout my entire college life, the Sixers were bad. <laughs> and, and, and my and, high school and, days, and, the Sixers were pretty bad too. Well, yeah. Well. Yeah. All right. If you want to do it that way, yeah. Uh, uh, again, pretty much. This, again, this is a, much, this is this is a fine time to remind everybody that John is a little bit older than I am. Yeah, so you're, even, you're you're pretty the nineties. It it it's funny, you know. Remember early pandemic when when that when the Jordan documentary came out. I yeah, we all was, ate that up. <laughs> yeah, we all ate that up. But for me, it was kind of painful because throughout that whole documentary. All those years, you're talking about Jordan winning championships and how great the Bulls were. The Sixers were pretty much trash for that whole documentary. All those years, if you look up at the standings, you see the Bulls at the top and they're winning. The Michael Jordan's everywhere. He's doing all the great things and all that. Then you look all the way at the bottom of the standings, there's the fledgling Sixers. And I you know, will I will say this to close it out. There's no I, Jeff Malone documentary. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's no Andrew Lang documentary coming out. I I will say this to close it out. Uh, I do not regret or I don't think it was a bad idea to take Iverson number one at the time. Iverson transformed this franchise into the popular franchise that it is today. Without Iverson, the Sixers are not worldwide in the same sense that without Embiid, the Sixers are not worldwide. Mm -hmm. Um, I still rock my... 
pairs of Iversons. I still have my Iverson jerseys. I love Allen Iverson, but this is a fun exercise to do on the unofficial Kobe Bryant day. So I felt like it was a topic that should at least maybe be discussed. And I, I appreciate you, John, for stepping in and helping out with the blind spot that Dave Early has a little bit. Like I said, I I will we will do our damnedest to get you back on the podcast this year. Uh, Sixers training camp starts in I guess a little over a month. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll just see what happens. Like how 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 are you? I know how you feel about the Sixers past, but how do you feel about the Sixers going into this season? I am I am encouraged. I sense a little cautious encouraged. optimism here. Yeah. I just well look. That's once again. I'm an old jaded Philadelphia sports fan, right. so I'm always so. There's always going to be cautious optimism, you know. It, it always comes, you know. There's always going to be a yeah, but there's always going to be a well actually that comes with any conversation about enthusiasm or confidence. But I do. I like what I am seeing. I like their free agent pickups. I like what appears to be good. Com- camaraderie between the team i am in, i am encouraged and here's, i i hope i i don't regret it here's what i love here's what i love about this offseason harden's looking good he's yes. it looks like the hamstring is going to be healed and ready to go yes i also enjoy the d'anthony melton move i also love the non-move that has been made so far which is to not trade the farm for kevin durant because I I'm not a thousand percent sure that's a good idea. Um, I just I just don't know. And if it were a different general manager, if it was Elton Brand, like I feel like he would have made that trade already. I wouldn't be mad at it, but at the same time, I don't know if I would be on board with trading away Maxi Thibel, Isaiah Joe, countless number one round draft picks. Like I don't know if I'm doing that for this version of Kevin Durant understood but that's that's just me i know a lot of people out there they're really like on the on the sandbox for kevin durant which is fine i am just not on that island y'all i'm sorry i i'm fervently entrenched on Corkma's island right now and i'm i'm not trying to change addresses right now you're on Corkma's island i will stand for for con Corkmaz to the end of time much to my detriment but still i don't care all right, there's a lot of detriment to that, but I remain right, I remain hopeful. Damn it! I just want to see Furcon in one dunk contest. That's all I want. Oh, oh, oh. Bring out the Vader I, mask, Furcon! Come on. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I I feel like we need to, we need to get back in the in the car and we need to get back to reality yeah, here. In, in I'm fact, starting to no, I'm no, starting no, to lose John right now, and that's not good. You know what? No, no, we don't need to get back in the car. You get back in the car. You keep driving. I'm going to Uber my way home. Um, uh, I mean, it, it's been cool. I mean, you can give me a call later on, but you know, I don't I don't think I need to be in the car with you anymore, today, brother. <laughs> All right, that's that's fine. That's fair. <laughs> so. John Brown, co-host of the Jonesy and Brown podcast. Why yes, don't sir. you why don't you plug some stuff? Your time to shine, my friend. Tell people where they can find you, where they can listen. 
Hey, look, man, y'all know where y'all get y'all podcast from. Wherever you get your podcast from, just search Best in the World Sports, and then you will find the Jonesy and Brown podcast. Remember, you can also listen to me not talking about sports but playing music on phillygoflow.com every weekday from 2 p.m. to 6 o'clock. So if you want to listen to good hip-hop and R&B that your parents used to listen to, you know, you can – you can rock with me. You can hang out with me. If so you want to listen to real hip hop and not yes. what Clear Channel yes. believes is yes. hip hop, you yes. listen to Philly Go. Yes. For. Exactly. Exactly. All the stuff that your parents tell you is so much better than what you're listening to now is on phillygoflow.com. And I will host it and I will play a lot of good music from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. on weekdays. And then you can hear me talk sports, best in the world sports, wherever you get your podcast from. John is also on Twitter. I believe it's at BIW Sports. Uh, yeah, BITW Sports or at Jonesy and Brown. Either way, they both go to my phone and I, you know, I'll get back phone. to you. <laughs> you, can, you can always find me at Adobe Royster. You can find Dave at, under, at Dave underscore early. Follow us on Liberty Ballers at Liberty underscore Ballers. Subscribe, follow all the podcasts as well as John's podcast because Joe's fire right now. Eagles preseason. He's got all that covered. Yes. Until then, this has been yet another travel, another foray into another Sixers universe. We'll be back next week with another destination and we'll let everybody know what that is next week. So you'll have to tune in. But until then, we're going to get out of here and uh, yeah, enjoy what you enjoy. Go Sixers. And we'll talk to you guys later. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today